Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The Bayside Report. Seven day or eight days until Thanksgiving Day. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 16th. We are already halfway through, more than halfway through the month. Where is time going? We don't know. So I was in Chipotle last night. Yeah, I was in Chipotle last night. I placed a mobile order, okay? You know, within a fairly reasonable time range. I think I placed the order at six. You know, I was in the gym, had a few errands to run at the stop at the store. So I was going to get there by 630. Perfect. The order should be ready. So I get there right around 630. And I thought it was a bar. It looked like a bar from the outside. It was that busy. The the pickup line, just where you go and order, not the not the uh, mobile order line, just the standard ordering line, wrapped all the way around to the very other door in the corner where all the salsa is and the garbage cans. Holy shit. So then I walk in, and even worse, the mobile order pickup line is 14, 15 people deep. 14 or 15 people deep packed fucking packed like a like a club surprised they weren't charging a cover at the door so you you know me i get in line behind the other 12 people or just meander around there's there's an order on shelf i walk by and check it real quick not me cool i'll fuck off i'm not you know i'm not in a horrible rush so i'm cool I'll, i'll wait the worst thing that made it worse is people keep coming in constantly other other people doing pickups just badgering the motherfuckers trying to make the food. Just leave them alone. They, they're they going to call the names out. They said that. They said, I'm going to call your name when your order's ready. Perfect. That's fine with me. People are just rude and ignorant and don't give a fuck. They're yelling at this teenager who's, he's running the show. He's a junior in high school. He's got history class in the morning. And he's, he's firing back at them. That's why I respected them. He's, he told, he's starting to get pissed at people. He's like, I understand you're hungry. I understand you want your dinner, but do you see it's a two-man show over here in the mobile order station? Which, by the way, they got to figure out the logistics of that a little better. They need to expand it or add more workforce to the mobile order station because they get bombarded. So anyways, I wait. It was it was a long wait. Probably about half hour. But it reminded me of my old pizza shop days. My old, my old food service days back in high school and college. I know how it is. I know how it goes. You get swamped. The dinnertime rush on the weekends. Say there's a game going on at night. You're going to get fucking swamped. So I got it. And I was just kind of sitting back, you know, observing, honestly. But those people that go up to you and badger you, this one guy badgered him probably at least three times in 15 minutes and you're pulling him away from what he's doing and he has to face you and talk to you so sir what the fuck do you think that is causing that's causing a holdup in your order and everyone else's order so just leave him the fuck alone he's going to call your name when it's ready those are the people that have never worked in restaurants or food industry before and they need they probably should have at some point because they need to learn how that shit works but also his manager was <laughs> his manager was on some shit. We're not going to speculate. 
it was something. She was on something. She was running around opening and closing the outside door. She had her kid and her daughter just like kind of hanging out outside and she kept like running a food out like multiple orders then she had an open bowl of chipotle on just a standard dining table in the middle and she had like her manager book open yeah this this chipotle is wild it's like that every time i go there she always has her manager book on the on the table in the middle of the dining room and she has a a, a big bowl of like just gross cold chipotle like steak and then <laughs> she's running food and inside in and out with gloves on like her kitchen gloves and she's like scratching her neck and shit and like <sniffs> sniffling and shit you know and then she's coming over and eating her chicken off the table i'm like jesus christ i'm glad you're not touching my food or at least i hope you haven't this this nice high schooler gentleman over here is making my food i trust him but that's the shit he had to deal with. That was, I assume that's the manager because she had the man, she had the big fat manager book on the table next to her cold Chipotle bowl. But finally my food was ready and I just told the guy, I said, dude, don't let any of these people get to you. I was like, they don't understand food industry. I said, you're one person. Just do whatever the fuck you can get done. You know, just do what you can get done. And he, 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 he was, he needed to hear that because he fired back. He's like, yeah, fuck these people. I hate these people. He's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I got 40 orders. I was like, just do what you can, brother. Just do what you can. But anyways, that was my night last night. And the plaza this Chipotle's in is just, I don't know who planned this plaza. You have a Chipotle, a Jersey Mike's, a Blackjack Pizza, a Chick-fil-A, and a Dairy Queen, and then a Wawa next door. So you have some of the most high-traffic restaurants all in all in the same plaza just a, a nightmare just a traffic nightmare but anyways it was a great weekend once again weather was tremendous it was a little cooler and by cooler i mean it was about 80 but saturday i i biked roughly 21 miles i think it was it was a long ride um or not even a long ride, just a decently, you know, fulfilling and long day. Um, biked downtown from where I'm at in South Tampa, met up with some friends. And like I said, Tampa is bonkers for biking. It can get, um, it's overwhelming with all the pedestrians. There's just people everywhere, pedestrians everywhere. No bike lanes, people driving like lunatics. So it is, it gets a little hard, but they've, they've the nice river walk, which also gets crowded as fuck with foot traffic. So you have to be careful on that and yield to pedestrians. But I took that bike ride from here to downtown to this little open air market, north of Tampa, met up with some friends, hung out for a little bit and then rode home, took in the scenes. And honestly, the ride home was probably the best part of the, of the trip just because the water when you're coming from downtown going south to south tampa you on on the bay you're just you straight bay right in your face the water mexican fan palms palm trees everywhere beautiful homes of course there wasn't a damn cloud in the sky all day saturday and i did um i did vlog a lot but um you know it was hard 
in actual downtown because it's it's a safety hazard you might get fucking clapped by a car if you're not paying attention but i do have a lot of good footage from this weekend so just kind of deciding what to do with it i might save it right now for a little bit and maybe build up a monthly video or every two weeks something along the lines of that and then sunday i golfed first time in well over a month horrible I am horrible at golf. Shot well into the hundreds. I need to practice. That's just it. I used to practice a lot. And even when I practiced four or five days a week, I was still shooting low 90s. I'd crack I'd crack high 80s a few times. But, you know, I'd hover around 92, 91, 93, 94. And now I'm, now I'm in the hundreds. I need to get my shit together, go to the driving range. And I think I might do a little bit more of that. Might balance it out a little bit. You know, maybe golf and bike, not just go crazy with it and bike 20 miles. But anyways, Clearwater Country Club, beautiful. Short course, wasn't that long, but a lot of a lot of obstacles, a lot of hazards, water, sneaky water here and there, a lot of layup holes. It was a great course. Really enjoyed it. Watched the Steelers, finally got the win against the Saints. New Orleans, great victory. Kenny Pickett had a rushing touchdown, I believe a passing touchdown. I think we kicked two field goals. I forget how the scoring went. Made a pulled pork crockpot, been getting into the crockpot game a lot more the past few weeks. It's just clutch. You know, I throw something together real quick in the morning or at night, let it sit overnight. I have dinner for three or four days. Then you could freeze it. You could make a bunch of different shit and freeze it all. And then you could just have, you got different options. You have a wide, wide variety to select from. So I might just build up like a, an arsenal, you know, because I hate cooking. I, I, I'm a shit cooker. I hate doing it. I have time to cook, but I don't want to spend my time cooking. So a crock pot's good for someone like me. Just throw some shit, put it on low eight hours all day, whatever it is. Let that shit rip. Sports in general, though, like we said, the Steelers got the win. Cincinnati this Sunday, 425. In Pittsburgh. Home game for the Steelers. TJ Watt came back last week. So I expect him to have a big factor. Alabama cheating death again here in the SEC. They got the win against Ole Miss Saturday. TCU in Texas was the prime time. I actually went to bed because I had an early tea time, but I heard TCU won. And the new rankings, the new top four. You got Georgia in one, OSU at two, Michigan at three, and TCU at four. It's looking to be a good week matchup, Ohio State versus Michigan. Not this weekend, but the weekend after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving that weekend. I love that game. That's one of my favorites of the year. Because you got Fox on the you got Fox on the broadcast, Gus Johnson, living legend in the booth. Can't go wrong with a Gus Johnson broadcast. That alone is will have you entertained for three hours just listening to him talk. And guess what? The World Motherfucking Cup. We finally made it this weekend. I think Sunday it starts. Let's let's consult Google real quick. I think it starts Sunday, and they're actually predicting the U.S. to have a have a good showing in the world cup i they didn't qualify for 2018 
Qatar Cutter. Sorry, I think I'm saying that wrong. Cutter versus Ecuador's the first game Sunday. Looks like there's only one game Sunday. 11 a.m. Eastern time. Cutter and Ecuador. And then the U.S. and Wales play Monday the 21st at 2 p.m. But then even before that in the morning, you have England and Iran. And also on Monday, you have Senegal and Netherlands. So the initial group play, the group stage, coming in hot. A winner, a winter World Cup. Never thought we'd see that. And just to think, we we would have had the, the World Cup would have been over this summer. So I was thinking about that in the back of my mind. You know, what if we already had it this summer? It would have made this summer even more. It would have gone up 10 levels. And I, I kind of wish it was in the summer because there really ain't shit else to do. It would have made it way more electric instead of sitting, sitting in Tropicana Field five or six times. I could have been watching Croatia dominate green bay and dallas good game this sunday on the 425 slate i had a green bay money line somehow they fucking pulled it out in overtime mike mccarthy's uh homecoming game to green bay and it's sour mike Pereira, he's a a rules analyst for fox he was working the 930 game between Buccaneers and Seahawks, the one in Germany. How about that? Pretty badass playing in Germany. In Munich, where soccer club FC Bayern is based. But he So he was doing a rules analysis, and I, I think he does it from his basement. It kind of seems like that, or his house. I, would, I think we'll get to the second part of the story, which makes me think that. So he's on screen. He, do, he does his analysis, and... He, he like finishes talking, smiles at the camera, and then looks looks to his right. So he looks this way. And he just starts, I'm not going to do it because it's weird, but he starts flicking his tongue at someone. <laughs> Thinking he's off camera. Mike, what are you doing, cuz? Who's back there? That's why I think he's doing it from home because is it one of his girlfriends? Is it his wife sitting back there doing something? Like, does Mike just have, does he have pajama pants or, or boxers on? And he just had the top, he had the suit top on, but the but the boxers on the bottom. That's what I think. And plus, it was 9.30 a.m. He's definitely just at home in his basement in his studio. You know, he, he commercial breaks, he's, he's hitting his wife real quick or his girlfriends, whatever it is. And then he's throwing his boxers back on and getting on. Getting on for the rules officials, the rules updates when they need them. So, yeah. <laughs> that was last week in sports. Current events. Fucking going crazy this week. Russia, Ukraine. The saga continues. The war rages on. Uh, G20. The G20 summit was this week, too. Russia did not attend. Um, but I'm sure everyone has heard. Just yesterday, the missile... That landed in Poland and, and killed two Polish citizens. Initially, it was thought to be a Russian attack because Russia just happened to launch a missile barrage of their own during G20. All over Ukraine. Started attacking all over Ukraine with missiles. 
So the initial conclusion that was that one of those missiles landed in Poland right across the border. But it has been confirmed actually today, not too long ago, that those missiles were actually from Ukraine. So all day on Twitter yesterday and everywhere, hashtag World War Three, this is it, articles, Article 4 of NATO or Article 4 or 5, I forget which one it is, is enacted. We have to defend Poland because they're a NATO member. So it really looked like shit was going crazy or about to get crazy yesterday. But fortunately, as we know right now, apparently, it was a Ukrainian missile, defense missile, I believe, that may have landed, back, backfired, I don't know. It, we just know it landed in Poland. So, what a day it was. And when that news came out, Zelensky just went AWOL. He's, he's like, we need, to, we need to hit Russia back, blah, 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 blah. We need more aid. We need $37 billion in additional aid from the U.S. Pump the brakes, Zelensky. Pump the fucking brakes. Let's do a little fact-checking first before you, you go nuts. So he need, he needs to calm down a little bit. He he came out hot hot out of the gate when they thought it was a Russian missile in Poland. Hurricane Nicole. Our thoughts and prayers are with those affected on the east coast of Florida. Volusia County got hit hard. Four hundred and eighty one million dollars in damage. A lot of homes deemed unlivable, especially on the coast. Beach erosion. Um. I just feel, you know, it's hard. It's hard to see what a horrible year for hurricanes here in Florida. A lot of people affected by the damage. There was a Native American burial site recovered from this wreckage of Hurricane Nicole. Six skulls, thought to be over 200 years old, were recovered. They're not going to search any further for any more evidence, but they believe it was from a Native American burial site. So our thoughts and prayers are with those people affected, our Florida brothers and sisters on the other coast. How about the FTX collapse? It's just the thoughts plicking, uh, the plot is thickening every day. Just more and more. <laughs> the story, I, I was reading it yesterday and was a little flabbergasted by this the CEO, this Caroline Ellison girl. But long long story short, for those who may not know, FTX is a was a crypto investing platform, pretty much a brokerage where you go, you buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever. And I, I believe they were planning on getting into actual stock trading at at some point down the line. So long story short, they funneled client funds around ten billion dollars worth into. Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder, he had another organization, Alameda Research. So he pretty much funneled client funds, profits, anything, and put it all on his crypto, the FTX crypto, FTT. So that raised a lot of red flags, as it would. Why, why do you have all of your assets in one place on one coin. So they expanded way too fast too. They had all these sponsorships. They had FTX arena in Miami, the home of the heat. They had 
the MLB sponsorship. They were the official crypto sponsor of the MLB. And it's, it's just so fucking funny how I was sitting there three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I'm sitting there watching baseball, the World Series and the playoffs, and seeing the umps with the FTX patch on their, on their shirt thinking, wow, FTX, how, it's crazy how far they've come so fast. All of a sudden, they're, they're the leaders in mainstream crypto trading. You know, crazy. They have the arena, and then boom. Three weeks later, three weeks later, they collapse. The story I was reading last night talked about their Adderall use. I guess this Caroline uh, Ellison lady, their their ex-CEO, tweeted how great amphetamine use was and that how dumb humans are that are not on amphetamines. Uh, she apparently had a Tumblr group that talked about, I need to find the word I have it written down here, a polycule. Yes, a polycule. That's like a a group relationship. <laughs> Some wild shit. A group relationship. I guess it could be several people, 10 people, I don't know. And there's power struggles. There's fight. There's an alpha. And then there's, you know, understudies of the power structure. And she was going on tirades about this stuff on Tumblr. About how it needs... <laughs> I don't even want to really talk about it anymore. Anyways, they were on a lot of Adderall. So that kind of explains why they... Boom. Because when you're on Adderall, you're you're a vigilante going nuts. You have visionary ideas. Bang, bang, bang coming out of your head. So they flew too close to the sun. The ideas were great. Obviously, they were tremendous ideas, but their timeline and also their morals and what they were doing behind the scenes, it was all just a recipe for disaster. The documentary, I can't wait for that. I hope it's not too long until that releases, but that is going to be a really good movie. <laughs> so yeah, FTX is toast. Tom Brady, Steph Curry got caught up in it. You know, they advertised it. They, they promoted the company. And I saw just a little bit ago that there's lawsuits coming their way on top of probably a lot of money that they lost. So uh, what else is going on? The first snow up north yesterday at least my home state my birth state they got their first snow weather's starting to cool off a little bit here this weekend it's going to get down to like 64 for the high on friday and then the low is going to be low 50s so we're starting to creep down to our, to our uh, winter weather but um looks like it should pick up by end of november i saw a guy wearing a beanie in 80 degrees two days ago day ago 80 degrees beanie long sleeves sweatpants of course so the locals are getting ready i will definitely need that beanie broken out by friday once you once you get under 70 for me it's it's over it's over i saw that diddy p diddy posted on this video on twitter it wasn't it was reposted but it was him with his barber Talking about how how he gets daily haircuts, sometimes multiple haircuts every day. 
So usually he pays $1,000 for a haircut to the same barber. He's a barber on payroll. $1,000 a day if it's one. 5000 a day just to keep him on retainer for multiple haircuts. $5,000 a day. 35k a week if you're getting that 5k seven days a week. 7k to 35k if you're in that range a week. That could be up to 1.8 mil a year to cut P. Diddy's hair. Now, damn it, you're going to work hard and you're going to work every day, but I mean, I'm, I assume he's living with P. Diddy or close by. He's also making 1.8 mil to cut hair. Got in the wrong trade. Should have became a barber. What a year 2022 was. We're already there, folks. December's coming, the last and final month. November rolled on right by. So what are you going to think when you look back on 2022? I'm going to think of 2022 in two ways. I guess on a global scale, it was a bridge year of to even more scary uncertainty in 2023 with the war starting in February, inflation on a massive scale, gas prices going up, Biden's presidency and all of the gaffes he's had this year, couple of that with unrest, just general unrest all around the world. Globally, it was a tough year, but personally for me, it was one of the best, if not the best. One of the most advancing years. I uh, I traveled a lot, moved here, new jobs, new opportunities, new skills, a podcast. I have a lot of momentum carrying me into 2023 as long as we're not nuclear waste. Everything should work out. And we should keep going up onward and upward in 2023. But where are we going to be in five to ten years on the global scale? I always think, I always try and think five to seven years in the future of what we're going to be. And in 2015, I couldn't have really predicted we'd be here. That's kind of right when Trump started considering running for president, 2015. I was a senior in high school. That's when Trump kind of started coming out of the gates a little bit, but no one took him fucking seriously. No one thought he had a shot of winning. But I remember that's when the iPhone 6 was out. Apple Music became a thing. If you had a digital dashboard in a car, it was considered pretty high level. You know, if you had a touchscreen dash in your car in 2015, pretty badass. So we've come that far in seven years to 2022. 2029, I expect VR to get even crazier. We're just going to, we're probably going to just get more and more immersed in that VR world, that technology will keep growing. Five years, though. How's that? We'll just have to see how this war escalates until then, or if it ends by then. Putin, what's Putin's fate going to be? That has to, you know, that's going to decide a lot of things. A lot, just a lot to think about. As we move on, but I, I remember this article from 08. It was a Sports Illustrated article that I read when I was 10. And it was talking about futuristic advancements. And one of those things it covered was VR, the VR headsets. It predicted that 15 years ago. 
So that was a pretty spot on. I never really look into predictions. I never really read what Nostradamus had to say or, you know, what like long-term philosophical predictions from people like Nostradamus. Never really read into it, but realistic tech and climate predictions I, I read into all the time. But apparently Sports Illustrated knows something. So they predicted VR headsets. I need to get one. They look fun. You could golf with them. You could play football in them. There's like a Madden version of VR that you could play. And you could fish. I could do all three of those things here in sunny Florida. So maybe I don't need a VR headset. But to at least try one out would be fun. And I could see it in the winter, especially if you can't go outside. That's going to be game changing for a lot of people that can't move either. Say you're uh, stationary and you can't get up. Just throw on a VR headset and maybe play around a golf. As long as you could swing your arms. Or maybe fishing. Fishing would be good too. You could you could cast a line. So yeah. <laughs> My upcoming weekend anyways. Let's, let's switch it up here. My upcoming weekend. Looking pretty relaxed. Going to Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving. So just going to be prepping for that. Steelers and Bengals at 4.30. Yes, I'll be tuned in. That's the best time slot for NFL football, the 425 slate. Because you could still get all your bullshit done for the day early. Say you got to go grocery shopping, do laundry, clean your house, whatever you got to do. It's done. It's done early. And all you have to look forward to is your case of Miller Lite and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Once you hit 425. And you could roll your happy ass into bed around 930 feeling yourself a little bit off those Miller lights and just get ready for the next day. That's why I like the 4:30 slate the best. There's a light up night Saturday. I haven't been to a light up night since I was probably eight or nine. So maybe I'll check that out. South Tampa, the palm tree light up night. Be cool to see a tropical themed Christmas show lights. Or I might go to Daytona beach. I don't know. So I said it was going to be a relaxed weekend, but a lot of things still in there. It's only Wednesday. We don't know yet. And even maybe hop on the bike, maybe even play a little bit of golf. Of course, hit the gym and watch the World Cup on Sunday. And relax. So 2022 being over, I have been thinking a lot about just my life in general. Every year is a new chapter. Every year is a new chapter in our existence. I had no clue. I think back when I think of years, you know, I think back to 2017, 2018, when I had no clue really what I was doing as a recent high school graduate in a professional pilot program, an aviation program. I didn't really know. I knew in my gut I wasn't going to be a pilot. I, I was trying, though. I was trying my hardest. They, uh, I had about 50 total hours of flight time. And think about it, I was doing it young. I was way too young to be deciding if I wanted to do this. Now, some people are born with it. Some people are born into actually have parents as pilots who own planes. So they've been flying since they're 10 or 11. You got a way more, had way more experience on me and just general knowledge and passion. But me coming in 17, 18 years old, no experience, really, you know, they throw you to the wolves pretty quick. At 10 hours, you're taking a solo flight by yourself. 
Now you're just flying around the airport, but you're still doing a solo flight by yourself 10 hours in. 10 hours of flying a plane for solo. So I went up. And my first solo was fine because, you know, I'm by the airport, staying around, no worries. The second solo, which I totally forget, I think it's, is it 30 hours? I think 30 hours is whenever they send you on a cross-country solo, which is not cross-country, but it's across a pretty big uh, distance. It was a two hour, it's what a two hour car drive would be on the ground. It was about a 45 minute flight. So it's a little bit far. So mine from the Pittsburgh area to Erie, PA by myself, 18 years old. And I'm already, I'm already not the best pilot. That's when I really knew I was like, fuck, I don't think, I don't think this is going to work. I remember there was like a rain cloud coming in and out. And the, the goal was to fly to the airport land and then immediately take off of course landing my worst skill set when i was a pilot so i come in and it, the weather's not good by the way it's it is raining a little around there's showers in the in the vicinity so i come in bang boom boom and i almost fucking i almost took the right wing <laughs> to the runway and didn't make it back but i i just i throttled it and got the fuck out talking to air traffic control pittsburgh atc who the fuck is this i stomped on like three delta pilots when i talked stomped on them talking but they deal with those students all the time so they're used to it i look back on that experience fondly though i had a bird strike once on some captain sullenberger shit I was flying with an instructor right right by the airport, and it's a little single-engine plane, two-seater. We just took off. I think the lesson was like 10 minutes long. This is this was God telling me not to not to keep doing this. Not even 10 minutes into the flight, still see the airport off to the right. Boom, bird right in the right in the fucking right in the propeller. Propeller cranks him up. Nothing came through to the cockpit or anything, but of course, that's a safety hazard. So we land. That was the lesson for the day. 10 minutes. He said, sorry, we can't fly today. You got to go home. I'm like, all right. Cool. I guess I'm going home. I hit a bird today. <laughs> Almost had a collision. A few. Which when I tell people, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's much more common than you think. In this situation, it was a classmate of mine. He was on a solo flight and he was a little bit ahead of me. So I think at this point he was doing his first solo cross country flight and I was doing I was with an instructor. Now, crazy enough, I was doing an exercise, an instrument exercise. So when the weather's bad, you have to fly based off your instruments on the panel because you can't see anything outside. So I have a hood. It's called a hood. You wear a hood so you can't see anything outside. You can just see in the cockpit in your instrument. So my instructor... She was badass. Short little thing. I think she's an airline pilot now. But you could tell she was tough. She liked to hunt and shit. Just a real like girl's bro. So she grabbed control. I was I was flying the instrument and she pushed the yoke down and said, Holy she goes, Holy fuck. I'm like, what? 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 She goes, There was a plane above us, a Piper aircraft that almost hit us. 
That was the second strike. <laughs> or no, that might have been the third, because the, the solo, the, the cross-country solo was the first, the bird strike was the second. I think that was the third, but that happened at least two or three more times. Separate incidents where I had people flying over me within 200 feet, maybe 100. Yeah, shit's get, shit gets real. Those student pilot airports. I mean, the risk the risk assessment has to be through the fucking roof. Their insurance has to be so expensive. And I remember there was a, there were a few accidents while I was there. I think a kid broke his shoulder. And you fly in snow. When it snows, you fly. They, they'll clear, and you can't, the other thing is you can't put salt on the runway because it'll get caught in the engine. So when they, when they shovel the snow, they shovel the snow. There's no other, I don't think they use anything else to melt it. I wanted to say they use what they use on the big commercial planes to spray the wings down in the winter. I don't even know if they do that. I think they just, at a small general aviation airport, I think they just plow the runway and let it go and let it melt. So some kid was coming in for a landing. One lesson. Slid all over his plane, his Cessna 172, tailed up, and he broke his shoulder. That shit happens a lot. The final... There were actually four strikes. The super final straw. I was somewhat close to, to obtaining my license and moving onwards. But I was flying once or twice a month. The weather was bad. I just wasn't progressing. And I wasn't enjoying myself deep down in my heart. I had a, a second or third stage check ride before the before the exam and the Czech airman the tester was 84 years old and I can't I can't really do the voice but if you watch South Park Stan's grandfather how he talked like an old guy you know they that's how he talked I couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying not a word that's all it sounded like he's telling me to do these maneuvers and I can't understand what he's telling me to do. And he's getting more angry with me by the moment. And I, within 35 minutes and he, he cut it short. He's like, Nope. He's like, you're not ready. Something like that. Translated over. That's what he meant to say is that I wasn't ready. So that I, you know, I failed the check ride and I think the next week I was out. So I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not built for this shit. Not built for it. It takes a special person to be a pilot. So I commend all of our aircraft pilots, anyone that's a pilot in the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, the Coast Guard. You guys are special cats. I could never do it. I tried, though. <laughs> Gave it a good shot. But you you may wonder, say you're in a situation like that where your first career choice doesn't work out. And most of the time, coming out of high school, it doesn't. Or your college doesn't work out. And you don't know what to do. I took I took what seemed to be the easiest route to me. I went and got a business degree. Started in community college so I could save a little cash because I was already at a community college with this aviation program. So it was a it was a no-brainer. Finish out the associates, cheap credits, cheap degree, and then transfer. But the business major, was it a cop-out at the time? Maybe. 
because I didn't really, I knew I wanted a degree. I just didn't know what in. And business was an easy choice. And I know business majors get a lot of hate, but it really is the best major if you're ambitious with no real idea of what you want to do. At least in my opinion. Because say you work hard, you hustle, you're smart. You may have worked in a, in a small business in high school. You see how they operate. And you're, you're intrigued with it. You know, you like, you're a people person. You, you like to communicate with people. You just don't know exactly what you want to do. You don't want to, you don't want to be a nurse in a hospital or you don't want to be an IT guy behind a computer all day. But you're ambitious and you're smart. Try business out. And see where it takes you. Because it took me down a few paths. Just alone of meeting people. And some of the things I've done weren't even really business based. Like broadcasting in college. The only reason why I got that position was based on my business degree meeting people. So you never know where it will quite take you. But it's something to try. It's a good path to try if you don't know what you want to do. All right, everybody, that's it for this week. It is Wednesday, November 16th. Uh, back to Pittsburgh next Wednesday. So we're going to do an episode next Tuesday or this weekend. Don't really know yet. Probably next Tuesday. We'll be with you all soon. We'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend, everyone, and good night.